Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I love the church. God loved the church so much that he sent his son to die for the church. And I'm always amazed at the descriptions that God uses for this thing we call the church. The church is called the family of God. It's called the household of faith. It's called the assembly of the living God. But the description that I like most is it's called the body. The body of Jesus Christ. And we are going to celebrate what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ, as we recognize his given body and his shed blood. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are told that we are all part of the body. Every one of us. And God has placed us together, I believe, in this body that we call Calvary Baptist Church. Samuel, if we can get to that body slide, I'd appreciate it. There we go. And it's a wonder how we are all to fit together and how we are to share in each other's lives. This past year, we have looked at the topic asking this question. What do you look for in a healthy church in a healthy body and we have understood that the first thing that you look for is biblical preaching because it is biblical preaching that drives us and it is the word of God that gives us a foundation for everything that we say and everything that we do now from that biblical preaching we have discovered that we are to have a biblical discipleship We are to be involved in each other's lives and help each other to grow, to mature, and to develop Christ-like qualities in our lives. In fact, our mission statement is that we are here to multiply Christ-like disciples. And a biblical discipleship reflects the wonder of God's Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, he that says he abides in him ought to walk just like Jesus walked. And so, we must recognize that in a healthy church, you're going to find biblical discipleship. You're also going to find biblical worship. Because it's all about God. And it's about what He is doing in our lives. As we recognize His authority for our lives. Aren't you thankful that God is God? Aren't you thankful that God sent His Son to be the Savior of the world? And as the shepherds went to that manger in Bethlehem, they worshipped the God of the universe. Think about that. A couple years later, the wise men came, gave him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The God of all gods. But if we're going to be a healthy church, we must also have biblical service. And our text today reminds us that we are to be the kind of people that serve and share in each other's lives. That's the body. Because we are members in particular, but one body together. And each 
member of the body has a responsibility. Now, when I think about the body, I think about three different parts in the body. I think about the skeletal system, them bones that are part of our lives. I I, I think about our respiratory system, our lungs, the the breathing. And I I think about our circulatory system, the, the blood flow, right? So we start with the bones and we get to the breathing and we we get to the blood flow. That's all part of the body. Now how do we then translate that into what we have been studying? As we look at the bones, we discover that there we have biblical discipleship. That's what holds it all together. And you and I are to be identified as disciples of Jesus Christ. The air that we breathe, the respiratory system, biblical worship. And the breath that God has given to us is from Him and we are to direct our attention back to Him. And the circulatory system, that's what keeps it all moving, right? That's our service to each other as we share together. And what's it do? It brings us right back to the body. Right? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Biblical service. Now our text this morning is a very familiar text. Many of you could quote it. It's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. But it's a text that helps us recognize that we have been saved to serve. If you want to know what this message is about this morning, it is the fact that you and I have been saved to serve. And we are to live out that service in our lives. Let me remind you of this truth. You follow along in your copy of the Scriptures, please, as I begin with Ephesians 2.8. And I will read 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, you and I have a purpose in life. And that purpose is to glorify God and to serve God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And service is to flow from our lives. Now, I want to show you how this relates to Ephesians. So go back one page in your Bibles, perhaps. Ephesians chapter 1. Look with me beginning at verse 5, and we're not going to get into a lot of the intricacies here, but I want you to pick out a word, and that word is purpose. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Jump down to verse 9, will you please? Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ. And then verse 11 
In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, what was the word that I had you pick out? Let's try this one more time. It's the P word up here. All right. What word did I have you pick out? Purpose. Very good. All right. So, why are we who we are? And our purpose is to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now back to Ephesians 2, please. This purpose all starts with our salvation. For you have been saved by grace. And it is this salvation that is the foundation for everything in our lives. Now, I thought this morning about taking the time to have each of you turn to the person next to you and share your salvation testimony, how you came to Christ. Wouldn't that be fun? Your assignment as you leave this place this day is to share your testimony with somebody, all right? And it could not be more appropriate as we remember what God has done to save us. And I want you to understand that we have been saved because of the grace of God. God not giving to us what we do deserve. Now, why is that true? Are you in Ephesians chapter 2? Look with me at the first three verses of this text. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked according, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Well, that's not a pretty picture. You and I were dead men walking. Dead in our trespasses and sins. And yet we walked following the course of this world. We were also disobedient children. God created and yet we disobeyed him at every turn. We fulfilled the passions, the desires of the flesh. And we were dominated as children of wrath. And yet, by God's grace, we have been saved. That's where we were, but yet God gave to us His grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Titus chapter 2, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now, if you want an illustration of this, you can think back to the first time in the Bible where the word grace is used. And it's used of Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You remember what was going on in Noah's day? How many people were saved on the ark? I'm trying to help you this morning. I know it's the last Sunday of 2019, but work with me, will you please? Let's try this again. How many people were saved on the ark? 
Very good, all right? How many people were there on the earth? A whole bunch more than that. And the wickedness that was taking place on the earth in Noah's day is reflected, I believe, in the wickedness that is taking place in our world today. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he built an ark. And God shut him in. And for a year, he was cooped up in that thing. And yet he knew God's grace. Folks, you and I know the grace of God in giving to us salvation. Never forget the wonder of God's grace in your life and my life. Because I reflected everything that was going on in Noah's day. I was part of the dead men walking. I was part of the disobedient children. I fulfilled the desires of my own flesh. I was dominated as a child of the wrath. And yet, God's grace. And it was God's grace alone that provided me salvation. Amen? Not only do we discover that we have been saved by grace, we've also been saved through faith. The word faith here is the word pistas. And it has the idea of trust in truth. I get a kick out of presidential sayings. And there was one not too long ago that was this. Change you can believe in. I always wondered, what change? I don't know if I can believe in that kind of change or not. But you know you can have faith in some pretty bad things that don't work out. And so we must understand that our salvation came because we trusted in the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the... Oh, you're getting better. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In fact, John 1 tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so you and I have not only been saved by grace alone, we've been saved by truth alone. And we have received and believed and accepted the wonder that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's faith. And that's the only way that you and I can come to have a personal relationship with God.
and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. For by grace we've been saved through faith. Not of ourselves, gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And why is that God's Word? Because salvation is through Christ alone. Christ alone. Not of our doing. It is God's gift to us as He sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not in a denomination. It's not even in a fellowship. It's not by being an American. It's because Christ died for our sins. And that is the only way to get to heaven. Amen? Can you get excited about that? Because that's our salvation. Grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. Wow! And aren't you glad that you don't have to depend upon me for your salvation? I got to tell you, I'm glad I don't have to depend upon you for my salvation. But following that salvation, the outgrowth of that salvation is our service. Verse 10, we are His workmanship. I want you to think about that. We are His workmanship. A thing of His making. A special creation. God is developing His wonder in our lives. I envy Pastor John. He is a craftsman. He can take a piece of wood and he can make something out of it. I can take a piece of wood and after four tries of bending the nail properly, put it together. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is a craftsman. And He is developing in you the wonder of who He is. Think about that, will you please? We are His workmanship. Now, why is that true? Because He bought us with a price? Because we've not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold? but with the precious blood. It's a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's working on you. He's working on me. And when that product is finished, it's going to be magnificent. Not only is workmanship... But we've been created in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passing away. Behold, all things are becoming new. The Bible tells us that we are to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's Ephesians chapter 4. 
created in Christ Jesus. Wow. And for what purpose? For good works. For good works. We're not saved by good works. Because the text says, not a result of works, so no one could boast. Titus says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. But we are saved for good works. Jesus said in the Serpent of the Mount, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God may be mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And the writer of Hebrews says that we are to provoke one another unto good works. Now James says, you show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. <laughs> and that is not in conflict with the we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. And what's it say? Which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just think about this. God has been working on your life from eternity past. God's been working on your life longer than you have. And He has prepared us for good works that we might be a testimony to His honor and His glory. God is good all the time, amen? I am thankful for those who are willing to follow God's direction in their lives. And you and I have seen a number of folks from this local assembly of believers, from this body, who have been willing to present themselves for vocational service. Some of you may not know that Joe and Carolyn Peters are getting ready to go into vocational service. Joe, Carolyn, where are you? Come on. I've asked them to share this morning. Now, I have given them a time limit. You do remember that, don't you, Joe? All right, good. <laughs> well, I'm counting on Luke. I'm counting on Luke. And I, I've asked them to share just a little bit about how God's leading them. And, and then we're going to talk about how God leads us just very quickly this morning. Because it's all about what God has done for us through the giving body and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Joe, the next five minutes are yours. All right. And after that, it's mine again. All right. Okay? We'll go with that. <laughs> all right, so really uh, very quickly... Uh, Carolyn and I have accepted a full-time staff position at Camp Idrahaji. That is in Bailey, Colorado. 
and we are going to just share quickly how the Lord has brought us to make that decision. And so it started about three years ago when the company that I was working for decided it was going to close its doors. So it was going to close its doors. I was going to have to find a new job. And so after some prayer and some um, research, I decided I was going to go back to school and become an HVAC technician. So that's what I did. And when people asked me what I was going to do when the plant closed, I told them, well, plan A, B, and C is for me to be an HVAC technician. And it was about this time last year, um, the semester had ended, and I had just no peace about going back to school. In fact, I had a lot of doubt, a lot of uncertainty, just a lot of turmoil in my heart. And I remember in January, I was just up early in the morning sitting on the couch, and I was just talking to the Lord about this, and I was a little, little on the upset side. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, well, thanks for asking. And it was, really, it was really convicting because I really thought God and I were on the same page, and we weren't. And so I, I just I prayed and repented and just kind of came back around in prayer and just was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he just spoke to my heart and said, what about full-time ministry? And I was like, wow, I did not, I did not expect that. I did not expect to hear that. And so uh, that was a turning point for me personally because... Um, I just kind of felt like I was back on track with the Lord, and I, was, I never went back to school, just started kind of researching and looking at full-time ministry opportunities. So fast forward to July, and in July we heard about Idrahaji. We saw that they were actively hiring for a full-time staff position. I felt that my skills and talents and abilities lined up with their needs for that staff position, and so we applied. And after um, phone interviews and emails and more phone conversations, it got to be probably in um, late October, they said, well, why don't you guys come out for a visit, face-to-face interview, meet everybody, and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. And so that's what we did. We flew out on a Tuesday morning, interviewed like all day long, met the staff, had a great visit, flew back the next day, and about four days later, they called up and said, you know, we have, um, we have met as a staff, we have prayed together as a staff, and we, we feel that the Lord has brought our paths together. And so we would love to have you come out and be part of the team out here at Idrahaji. And so we said yes. Now, before we could say yes, there was one other big issue that we really had to resolve within our hearts um, before we could even say yes to them. And that is this. Um, as of this point, our kids do not plan on going out to Colorado with us. And, um, you know, it's their choice, and there's a lot of backstory to that, but that was something that we had to really work through, and we spent lots of time talking about that. We spent a lot of time walking up and down our little dirt road talking about that very issue of how do we leave our kids. And um, I, remember the, I remember when we finally came to that decision that we could. We were walking up our dirt road, walking up on top of the hill, and it was then that we had just kind of settled in our hearts that if leaving our kids was the sacrifice that the Lord was going to ask us to make, then we would. And it's because we had determined in our hearts that he is worthy. And he is worthy of whatever sacrifice he might ask us to make. And for us personally, that was the biggest one. That was, And I just remember looking at Carolyn and just you know, saying, so we'll go, right? And she was like, yeah, we'll go, because he's worthy, right? And I was like, yes, 
because he's worthy. And because he's worthy, we can have peace about leaving our kids here and going out and serving the Lord. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. And it's been a, a great faith journey. And we are constantly reminding ourselves that uh, we're doing this because he is worthy. And so in a nutshell, that is our testimony. Did you notice a flow, a willingness? That's discipleship. He is worthy. That's worship. And now, service. That's why we're saved. And you guys are going to be starting when, Joe? We do not have a start date yet. Okay. We have prayerfully asking the Lord for a time frame, and he has yet to reveal that to us. And, uh, but, you know, ministry is happening right now. Obviously, it's a camp ministry, and so they'll be in full, full gear, full throttle mode in June. So we'd love to be out there and plenty of time for that. Do you have support to raise? We do. We do. We're looking to, uh, to bring on some faithful supporters, not just um, supporters for us, but those who will support the ministry out there at Idrahaji and support God's work out there in Idrahaji. And Idrahaji stands for? Idrahaji is, you spell it by using the first two letters of the, from the song, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And that was the favorite song of the um, founder's wife. Was, I'd rather have Jesus. Amen. So see Joe and Carolyn. Add them to your prayer list. Mm-hmm. Share in their lives. And let's see what God does. Because we are saved to serve. And Joe talked about full-time ministry. We're all in full-time ministry. Joe and Carolyn just to go and get to go in vocational ministry. That's right. That's right. And that's a wonderful, wonderful. I want to just take time right now to pray for Joe and Carol. Can we do that? Will you bow with me, please? Father, I thank you for Joe and Carolyn, and I thank you for the way that you have led in their lives. Not too many years ago, when Joe was at the plant, he thought that that perhaps was going to be the rest of his life, and then things changed. And he had a plan A, B, and C, and all had to do with heating and air conditioning and ventilation. And yet, Lord, you really had a plan AA. And that plan was to work in their hearts and give to them a desire to step out and vocationally serve in a camp in in Colorado. I pray for Idrahaji, and I pray that you would just prepare the camp for for Joe and Carolyn. I I pray for their kids, Lord. I pray for Joe and Carolyn, Lord, as they have some work to do now. And I pray that as a body of believers, a family, we'd get behind them and we'd share and we'd encourage them and be part of their lives. You're a great God. Help us, Lord, to recognize that you saved us to serve you. And no matter where we are, we can do that. And it's all about following you. It's all about 
giving you the glory that you deserve and then stepping out and being faithful. We love you. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Joe, Carolyn, we're going to be praying for you guys. want you to know that. Thank you very much. Well done. Thank you. A plus. So what does that mean to us? May, may I just share some take-home truths with you? Truth number one is this. We need to knock on some doors. If you never knock on a door, it'll never open. And you and I, no matter where we are, need to knock on some doors to see what God wants to do in our lives. So knock on some doors. We need to know that God has something for all of us to do. Do you know that today? We need to know that God has something for all of us to do. Remember the body thing? If part of the body isn't working right, it's not going to be effective. We need to keep growing. None of us are too old to grow in the Lord. And we need to keep growing as God works in our lives. And no matter what, growth is part of service. And you'll have to be patient with me on this next one. Because I spelled cardiac with a K to keep it simple. All right? We need to make sure that our cardiac, our heart for God and His work is in the right place. For by grace we have been saved. Amen? Through faith. Yeah! Not of ourselves, gift of God. So we can't boast about it. It's called God. For we are, we, each of us, all of us, His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Under good works that God had planned before we were ever around. That we should walk in them. So may I work backwards very quickly? Our biblical service grows out of our biblical worship. Our biblical worship grows out of our Biblical discipleship. And it's all a result of biblical preaching. It's what God's word says. And how are we going to be a healthy church? <laughs> Allow God to develop in us the wonder of who he is for his honor and his glory.